Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Thursday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us here on the Big X and welcome into the show. Don't forget if you miss us live each weekday at 11 a.m., you can find us as a podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, all you have to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison and you'll find us there. You can listen to us anytime and no matter how you're with us, we're glad to have you each and every day as we talk IU basketball and some football and of course sports from a Southern Indiana perspective as well. I want to hit you with this right out of the gate. Don't forget the off season when things are a little slower are a great time for you to help drive the show with subjects and topics and questions. And so make sure you put this number in your phone, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can't call it. Sometimes some of you call, but you, you've got to send a text to that number. That's what we call the Thornton's text line here at the station and anything you want to talk about. or We have some great guests coming on today that I'll tell you about. Your questions for them are appreciated at 502-414-1450. The Thornton's text line, and it's also Thornton's Cash Bash uh, right now at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer long with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. All you got to do is open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries to this contest by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. And if you're not a member, that's no problem. All you got to do is send the word rewards to 80313. Again, 80313, send the word rewards, and they'll get you signed up uh, over your phone as well. And again, the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments, we'll take a look at the headlines for this Thursday, July 7th. The live period, Wednesday through Sunday, now underway. Xavier Booker's team begins play in an event called the Best of the South later today. And you can bet that IU will have a presence there. But IU coaches on the road yesterday in South Carolina, also in Kansas City for the Adidas and Nike events, respectively. And we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up here in just a moment. Also, some interesting, uh, I guess you call it news, on Gabe Cups. He's had a long standing relationship 
with uh, LeBron James and recently saw a photo on social media of him and LeBron working out together. So Cup's getting in some real workouts in the middle of a busy uh, AAU schedule with uh, one of the greatest basketball players out there, LeBron James. And so we'll tell you more about that. Also, uh, some words on Caleb Banks, who I think is going to be an intriguing uh, incoming player freshman for the Hoosiers that maybe doesn't get all the hype he deserves because of Jalen hood Shafito and Malik Renault and the uh, excitement that they have uh, got coming in leading the freshman class. But Caleb Banks, someone uh, to not forget about. And a few other headlines coming up here in this opening segment as well. Later in the program, we've got a double dose of the Bozich family today. Alex Bozich, who is always with us on on Thursdays, we'll join in segment number two. We've got lots to talk about with IU basketball and recruiting today with Alex when he joins the program. And then I thought Rick Bozich, uh, his father of WDRB, one of the great longstanding media, sports media members in our uh, Kentuckiana community, I thought he would be a great guest to come on today with all the movement and the rumors around college realignment and super conferences and what's Notre Dame going to do and just so many other things that I thought we'd have uh, Rick Bozich on to talk about that. Rick also recently did a really nice piece for television on Sharon Wilkerson getting the boys job and Corey Norman getting the girls job at Jeffersonville. Of course, those guys state champions together way back in 1993 and now those teammates uh, trying to get their respective programs rolling again once again at Jeffersonville. So we'll have Rick on to talk about conferences and Notre Dame and a little bit of IU and Mike Woodson and also his thoughts on the the new crew at Jeffersonville, Sharon and Corey, uh, when he joins us a little bit later today. That's the show lineup a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. So uh, getting into our headlines for today, uh, right now the big thing around IU basketball is recruiting, uh, and that's always the case in the off season, specifically the summer. But getting really busy for the IU coaches as they already are beginning to crisscross the country. Right now, I mentioned the um, Adidas Three Stripes event over in South Carolina. And, of course, we all know that the Nike EYBL is going to be a stop that you have to be at if you're a Division One, especially a high major head or assistant coach. And IU has had representation at both of those. But this is really interesting, I think, as, as big time of a player – and a prospect that Xavier Booker of Indianapolis Cathedral has become. And I feel like here in the last few weeks and, and months, as his name has grown, his ranking has risen, IU fans are really focused in on him because he's from Indiana. And for Mike Woodson, uh, he's going to be the first big-time, major, high-profile player in the state while Woodson is the head coach, and can he remain in the battle for Booker, and uh, can somehow Indiana maybe land Xavier Booker? It would be a huge uh, get for Woodson and the staff from just a recruiting momentum position. But this is interesting. Booker, as good as he is, and we, we've had his high school coach, and, and we'll have him on again later in the month because he's so connected to all the travel ball stuff as well. That's Jason Delaney of Cathedral. He, he doesn't play for one of the Adidas or Nike or even Under Armour circuit teams 
from the state of Indiana. He plays on a team, uh, G3 All Indy, uh, that is really kind of independent. They are playing in a tournament called the Best of the South that begins later today. And I think actually his team played a showcase game in front of some coaches last night in advance of the actual Best of the South tournament. But kind of an interesting story. You don't often see a player that has the type of offers Booker has and has the national ranking that he has, not playing on one of the really the two or three major circuits that are out there. So he's definitely taken a different path and played with some guys that he's been with now for a lot of years. But Xavier Booker will will be, I think, number one where the IU coaches are going to focus their attention this month to stay in with him until they find out otherwise. But Indiana, obviously, he just was there again for an unofficial visit before the recruiting period started underway and uh, so he's someone to pay attention to this month uh, again we and we always follow Xavier we, we know he's someone to watch but one other name I wanted to mention as this period gets underway um, is a, a guy that is uh, is going to be a junior this upcoming season and uh, he's a new player to the state of Indiana uh, Flory Badunga and he plays at Kokomo and if you remember Kokomo really got hot late in the year and made a run deep into the state tournament coming out of the 4A north side of the bracket but he had 19 points and four block shots for one of the Indiana elite teams as they won their opening game in the 16 and under division down at Rock Hill South Carolina but Dunga has all of a sudden, a lot like Booker, not quite to his level, but he has exploded here in recent weeks. Kentucky is now after him. Indiana has watched him. So many other high major schools have as well. And when you think about hottest players in July, uh, obviously Booker is going to be one of those guys. But Badunga is getting that type of interest as well. And his recruitment has really exploded and I think will continue to do so as more coaches get an opportunity to watch him this month. So two in-state guys, we've known about Booker forever you know, since he was a young player coming up. Badunga, someone that just recently moved into the state a year or so ago uh, when he enrolled at Kokomo High School. He has an interesting backstory, and at some point this summer we'll get into a little bit more about him as he rises as a prospect, but he definitely is another in-state guy to watch. And I'll throw into that list other familiar names for you. Jalen Harrelson of Fishers, a 2025 player, as well as Trent Sicily from Heritage Hills in the class of 2025. Those guys, this is going to be a big month for them. They're already known. They're already on IU's radar. They already have scholarship offers, but this is going to be a big month for them, I think, is their recruiting is already beginning to expand beyond the state, beyond the Midwest. Uh, as coaches spend a little time, at least, depending on their recruiting situation, uh, watching some of the younger prospects in the country, I think those guys will see their recruiting expand as well uh, here in the uh, the month of, uh, of July. I don't think there's any question about that. So just a couple recruiting thoughts as the period gets underway. Uh, we'll keep an eye today and Friday and over the weekend on where the IU coaches are at. I'm curious, is Mike Woodson going to be uh, at the best of the South today to watch Xavier Booker? Is the head coach going to start maybe with uh, one of the more notable prospects that Indiana's going to follow this week? I think that stuff's always interesting. And the great thing about IU fans and fans in our state is you guys are so basketball crazy uh, that recruiting matters. And uh, how many times on this show when a player is committed to IU or is being recruited by IU and we interview him, 
to learn more about him. They talk about being at a random gas station in Bloomington and all these people knowing as a high school junior or senior who they are uh, and following them on social media. I mean, IU fans are very, very much into it. I think IU and Kentucky and maybe even Louisville, some of the biggest schools in the country when it comes to how deeply and closely uh, its fan base follows even the recruiting process. So we'll talk a lot more recruiting this week and this month here on the show. Also, uh, interesting on IU recruit and commit, Gabe Cups. Uh, he's been a lot of fun to talk to, and I plan to check in with him again here over the summer. He has got a very, very busy schedule with his Midwest Basketball Club Adidas-sponsored team that will be playing in a lot of these big events uh, over the month. In fact, I believe he's down in Rock Hill, South Carolina in that Three Stripes event uh, playing with his team right now. But he recently worked out again with LeBron James. And very interesting connection. Gabe Cups, you may remember, played with LeBron's son, Bronny James, uh, on the North Coast Blue Chips in the spring and summer of 2018 when they were a lot younger. Uh, they were a nationally profiled young team, uh, got all sorts of fanfare everywhere they went. LeBron James was often front and center watching the games and even coming out on the court uh, with reactions to referees and and just different things, and obviously a lot of publicity around those guys. Cups and, and LeBron just hit it off, and Cups has continued from time to time time to work out back in Ohio with LeBron when he is there. And there were a few photos that uh, came out of Cups and LeBron in the middle of a workout uh, the other day before he got ready, getting ready, I'm assuming, for this big July month of playing in front of college coaches, although Cups is obviously committed. And one other thing about Cups, you, you know, you see him with LeBron James in photos and he's working out with him and has that connection with him and his son and his family. And because of that, when these photos hit social media, uh, he's got uh, an unbelievable amount of followers. I looked the other day, he's got 380 plus thousand followers on the Instagram platform. And a lot of that could be credited because of being tagged or being in photos or videos or whatever it may have been over the years with LeBron or his son. So, boy, Gabe Cups, my point here, is going to come to Bloomington, a school where NIL is already taking off and I think pretty serious. Uh, with a social media following that is really going to help him, I think, capitalize on some very early NIL deals, even as an incoming freshman uh, to the program when he gets to that point in his career. But Gabe Cups and LeBron James working out, and boy, Cups' social media standing really continuing to grow, uh, thanks in part because of LeBron James. Also, we've mentioned some Little League baseball Coming up later this month, we'll have some coverage of the Jeffersonville GRC Little League team, the 12-year-old team. They'll play for a state championship in Newcastle uh, starting on July 22nd, and we'll be there for most, if not all, of those games that you'll be able to follow on the Big X and perhaps some of our sister stations as well. We've had a great tradition of covering Little League baseball over the years, and we've had some really good teams in that 12-year-old division it's the main division of Little League. It's the one where you can get to Williamsport later in the summer and play on ESPN, play in the Little League World Series. But there's a lot of other winners as well. I've told you some of the softball winners earlier. They'll seem to get over with uh, the, at least the district sooner than baseball. Yesterday we went through the different baseball winners and the different age groups. Uh, but one of the uh, winners of a district, uh, the Highlander Youth Recreation from Floyd's Knobs and Georgetown, their intermediate team, 
they won their uh, district a few weeks ago, and they have already started play up in Fort Wayne uh, at the uh, Intermediate 5070 State Tournament, is how it's called. Uh, they're at the World Baseball Academy in Fort Wayne. And HYR, a winner. Yesterday, 13-2 over Wheeler Little League, and so uh, they are on their way perhaps to another uh, intermediate state championship. I think that they've won four or five in a row, the HYR division or league has. They've really prioritized that intermediate. It's it's somewhat newer division to Little League, but I did want to give a shout-out to the Highlander Youth Recreation Little League Baseball, the intermediate team, and we'll follow their success here uh, over the weekend into early next week when the championship game is set. One sad note here as we close out this opening segment, you may have seen news reports that downtown Louisville, a family, uh, a couple kids, a couple adults were hit uh, and in critical condition. Uh, I really haven't seen a medical update on them since it happened a few days ago, but I saw a story uh, yesterday that one of the people hit, that one of the children hit, uh, was a Kansas high school girls basketball star that is in Louisville right now. There's a huge girls' tournament taking place in Louisville called the Run for the Roses at the Fair and Exposition Center. And the hotels, if you go to Louisville right now, are absolutely just full with basketball players, specifically girls' basketball players. This is a huge event. College coaches are there watching the high school ages. There are some younger divisions as well. But just an absolute monster of a high school girls' uh, AAU travel basketball event. And uh, the standout uh, girl from Kansas that unfortunately was hit along with her family and is in uh, critical condition. She had just days ago, I don't have her name in front of me, but she had just days ago committed to the University of Iowa, uh, their women's basketball program. So uh, kind of a Big Ten IU connection there, and you hate to see obviously anything happen like that, but I did want to point out uh, so we, we send our well wishes to that family from Kansas here from uh, Kansas to Louisville in Louisville for a uh, basketball tournament. Um, but she was committed, uh, is committed to the University of Iowa. So we hope that she recovers and uh, down the line we can see her playing for the Hawkeyes against the, the Lady Hoosiers here uh, down the line just a bit. That's our first segment, our headlines. We'll head to a commercial break. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, that number 502 502- 414-1450, that is the Thornton's text line. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall with me next on IU Basketball and more. And then Rick Bozich of WDRB with us later in the hour as we talk about conference realignment, super conferences, and a lot more. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Nettison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Welcome back on this Thursday program. The Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall joins us on Thursdays basically every week to talk the latest in IU basketball and more. You can read Alex's work at InsideTheHall.com. You can follow him on Twitter at InsideTheHall. And Alex, it's all recruiting right now. The IU coaches are on the road through Sunday 
for the first of a handful of recruiting periods here in this month of July. And I always find it interesting this time of year, I think in July, recruiting and some of these older players like 2023 are known enough. You can kind of prioritize or see where IU is prioritizing based on where the coaches are at, who they watch the most, and maybe where Mike Woodson is at right out of the gate to begin things this month. Yeah, definitely. And I use kind of got a, a head start, I would say, on, on 2023, getting those early commitments that they got last October and November with Ja'Kai Newton and Gabe Cups. Some programs are still looking for their first commitment. And you, if you already got kind of two, uh, like Indiana does, you can be a little bit more selective on, on which guys uh, you're going to prioritize. And to me, it really seems like Indiana's looking to add a wing shooter to this class and also a big man. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if by the, by the fall the, the goal is to sign four players and then probably uh, go to the spring and see what's available in the transfer portal or if another high school recruit opens up. But to me, all indications seem like right now the priority is to add uh, to the to the class with front court help at the 3-4 position with a shooter and then also a big man. Alex, as we talk about high school recruiting this month, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the transfer portal because there was a time when what happened in July and who you saw in July and visits that came in the fall during football, that, that was it. I mean, that was the pathway to go from high school to a college basketball program. Now the coaches do the same amount of work. They're tracking all of these guys in 2023 and a ton of guys in 2024 and starting to make offers and get very familiar with some of the youngest prospects right now in the class of 2025. But as all that goes on and as Indiana and all these programs gear up for the season, uh, as things play out with the who gets to start, who doesn't, who gets a lot of playing time and who doesn't, who fits in with this new coach and who doesn't, we know that there's going to be a mass exodus each and every year of college foot, college basketball these days. And so it's just crazy to me uh, how recruiting at the high school level has changed. I think it's still important, but uh, I'm not sure it's as important with the transfer portal as what it was. The building of rosters and the phrase roster management has become all too much used, I think, these days around college basketball. But that's the truth. Yeah, it does seem a little less important um, just because in, in most cases um, you want to identify you know the best high school players and bring guys in. But I think the recruiting classes in general are probably going to be a little bit smaller moving forward. You know, there have been cases in the past where Indiana would sign you know four, five, six guys. You know, I don't see many scenarios moving forward, not just Indiana or any program, where you're going to have those big recruiting classes because you want to keep a spot or two open for the portal because you always would want to, in most cases, if you can get an impact guy from the portal, uh, you're talking about someone with a lot of experience, typically someone that's bigger, stronger, more physically ready to play, as opposed uh, to a high school player who, uh, in most cases, most cases, they're going to take uh, some time to develop once they get on campus. I mean, there's there's no sure thing uh, with any recruit. I mean, we saw last season with Tamar Bates. He came in. He was a top 30 recruit, and he struggled. Uh, there's no doubt that he's talented, but um, th- there's an argument that, you know, you can go in the transfer portal and get a guy who's already um, 
experienced at the college level and uh, physically ready to play that can come in and have a greater impact on your program. So I think striking a balance between finding guys that you think you can develop that are going to be willing to stick around and kind of put the work in to become better players over a couple of years and then also supplementing that with, with transfer portal guys. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of programs um, that are going to swing for the fences and recruiting in terms of trying to get those five-star type kids but maybe a little less likely to take a three- or a four-star uh, knowing that they can wait until the spring and maybe go pluck a guy from an Indiana or go pluck a guy from the mid-major level that's already uh, been um, in the college game and has some experience and they can put right on the roster and play from day one. So uh, it's definitely uh, changed the game. I agree with Matt. And to me, it's, it's made uh, high school recruiting a little less uh, impactful uh, than it was uh, in the past. Uh, you look at kind of what the postseason looks like now in college basketball, we have this new kind of window where the transfer portal uh, really becomes a thing, and, and that dominates college basketball in the postseason for the, you know, you know six to eight weeks where, where guys can transfer and move, uh, and that wasn't the case before. It used to be you talk a lot about the April recruiting periods and looking forward to July, and, and now uh, everyone's tracking the portal and seeing where guys are going to go, and uh, it takes a, lo- a lot longer for rosters to be set, so... I think it's good for the game in terms of attention on college basketball because uh, in the postseason now we're talking about the portal almost if it's like free agency in the NBA and people are focused on it and talking about it more. Um, but I, I do agree with you that maybe it's, it's taken a little bit of a shine off high school recruiting. Alex Bozich inside the hall, our guest talking IU basketball. You mentioned the 2023 class. I'm kind of interested to see in these first few days of the live period where Woodson and, and Rosemond and Hunter and the staff are at. Uh, but who would you prioritize next? Gabe Cups from Centerville, Ohio, is in the fold. Uh, Newton, Georgia guard Ja'Kai Newton has already committed to the Hoosiers. So two guards in the 2023 class at this point. What position is next? And maybe is there a name or two that you think, uh, if Indiana got their choice of guys they're recruiting in 2023, those two guys would be the guys? Well, I think they've done a lot of work with Aronson Page, who we talked to at the Nike EYBL uh, late May, early June. Seems like he's somebody, uh, he's from Georgia, obviously, a guy that Indiana really wants to get on campus. The interesting thing there is he started to blow up earlier this spring. Indiana was his first time major offer. And if you look at his offers now, he's got uh, a pretty strong list of high major schools that are prioritized to him. He played really well at some USA basketball events in the spring and really boosted his stock. But I think um, is probably going to help them a lot. Um, he, he's a guy that I would put near the top of the list right now in terms of priority. Obviously, a lot of people are talking about Xavier Booker. He's gotten all these offers. Uh, he's obviously visited in Indiana recently. He took an official visit to Notre Dame. Michigan State's done, done a lot of work there. There's a ton of schools that have offered him. I, to me, it's just not clear which schools are most serious about him. Indiana kind of falls within that list. I think obviously they've recruited him pretty hard, but um, I think it's that's been more lately than maybe putting in the work early that some other schools like a Michigan State did. So he's the name, obviously, to monitor. And then in terms of you know, the guys I was talking about from a shooting perspective, uh, it seems like Jamie Kaiser, who we talked to recently, and TJ Power, uh, another guy we, we also talked to late May, early June. Those guys 
uh, definitely seem like they're trying to set up visits to Indiana. Uh, they bring a little bit of size. Uh, in Powers' case, about six foot eight, versatile forward uh, that can shoot from the perimeter, also finish plays around the rim. And Kaiser's a little bit smaller, but a, a really good shooter. I think those two guys are definitely uh, in the mix. Um, a little bit further down the list, uh, Cohen Carr, I, I, it seems like Indiana's backed off a little bit there when we talked to him in late May, early June talking about uh, making a visit or making a decision in August and listed three schools that he wanted to visit. Indiana was not one of them, although he did take an official visit to Bloomington last spring. Um, but I, I think there, the question I would have in terms of how he translates to the college game, great athlete, uh, great dunker, uh, you know, a guy that is really going to look good on social media and on Instagram. But in terms of shooting, I don't know how much he moves the needle there. And I think that may be one reason you're seeing uh, Power and, and Kaiser maybe a little bit more prioritized moving forward. But I think um, overall, like I said, there's probably a chance for some names to emerge in July if, if they feel like uh, they're not going to close on a couple of the guys that I named before. Uh, and we'll see how that develops. But right now it seems like a pretty concentrated list, smaller list of guys that they're really after right now in the 2023 class. Alex, we got to talk about Gabe Cups. I mentioned this earlier in the show. Uh, some pictures surfaced recently of him and LeBron James working out uh, together in the offseason. That's a connection that goes back to Gabe's time playing travel basketball with Bronny James, the son of LeBron. That's, uh, that's an interesting duo there, seeing a guy that's uh, in his high school career committed to a, a, a Big Ten school like IU working out with uh, one of the best players in the NBA, one of the best players all time in basketball. Uh, kind of an interesting connection how they were able to get hooked up. And I got to believe Gabe Cups must cherish that relationship and that opportunity to learn from LeBron. For sure. Uh, you know, that's part of the reason that Gabe Cups is closing in on 400,000 Instagram followers. Uh, you know, when he was a younger uh, player, far before, long before he committed to Indiana. There was some stuff on social media uh, with him and LeBron. I think there was an instance where they played horse at an AAU tournament, and that kind of went viral. Uh, and obviously he played uh, AAU and still has teamed up with Ronnie James uh, in various events. Actually, this year they've played together a couple times in different events, and it seems like uh, they're, they're close friends with the family. And I think it's, it's a cool thing, obviously, uh, for him to, to have access to one of the best players to ever do it. Uh, I think that's that's great for Gabe Cups, and it can't hurt Indiana basketball either to have one of its uh, incoming recruits uh, have that big of a profile and, and uh, almost having 400,000 Instagram followers. I think that's going to pay huge dividends, obviously, from an NIL perspective for Gabe Cups when he gets into Bloomington. So uh, he'll have LeBron uh, in some way to, to, to thank for that, uh, but I think it's, it's obviously clear that they have a genuine friendship and, and uh, there's a lot of uh, mutual respect there, and I think it's great that he gets that opportunity to spend some time with the Bron and learn from him. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, yesterday, with me being out last week, we kind of recapped the non-conference schedule. It officially was put out last week by Indiana, and there's a stretch November 30th through December 17th. It's just amazing. Indiana will take on North Carolina. 
two Big Ten games, those opponents to be announced, Arizona and Kansas, uh, all in that stretch, very important stretch for IU, I think, to determine uh, what this team's going to look like when conference play fully gets here. But with that said, one other little sidebar note I had from yesterday that I wanted to mention with you is uh, two things. Number one, there's no secret scrimmage, which I applaud as a fan and as somebody that likes watching games and wants to cover the games for this show. Uh, we don't have to guess or ask around or wonder what happened. There are going to be two exhibition games on the schedule, and I also love that they're against in-state schools, Marion University uh, on Saturday, October 29th, and then St. Francis, which is where Silver Creek graduate Brandon Northern will play college basketball on Thursday, November 3rd. That was the first thing that stood out, and the other is Indiana, despite uh, getting out of the Crossroads Classic, and that event basically coming to an end. Uh, I like that they're still going to have a game in Indy and at the Gainbridge Fieldhouse in downtown Indy. It's the Hoosier Classic game. It's going to be against Miami of Ohio on Sunday, November 20th. So two little sidebar things that I like about the schedule that probably haven't received the attention of all those big non-conference games. Yeah, I, I, I think kind of the perfect balance might be just having one exhibition and one secret scrimmage. Last year they had they had no public exhibitions. This year having two, I think, as you mentioned, is great for us to that watch and want to cover the games and for fans to see. So I, I'm glad that they're going to have those. And then in terms of playing in Indy, I think it's I think it's the 48th straight season where Indiana's going to have a game in Indianapolis, and I think it's great that they're going to continue that. Um, the timing of that game is a little interesting. It comes with just a one day layoff after the the road game at Xavier, but looking at Miami of Ohio in terms of preseason ranking for next season, they're the lowest ranked opponent uh, on Bart Torvik's preseason rankings uh, for next season for the Hoosiers. So uh, hopefully a game that even with a short turnaround that Indiana is going to be able to win and do so uh, fairly comfortably. Alex Vozich inside the hall. He's with us Thursdays on the program. Alex, appreciate the insight. We'll, uh, we'll do it all over again next Thursday. All right. Thank you, Matt. Have a great day. I want to mention this as we get ready for break. Uh, you know, a, 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 a number of important folks have impassed, have passed in recent years, really, that have been involved with uh, the Big X or involved with high school sports locally. And I try to do my best to recognize some of those people. And uh, a recent passing, Frank H. Monroe, a name that you've heard for years on this station, uh, Mr. Monroe passed earlier this week at 95 years old. He was the founder and owner of Frank H. Monroe Heating and Cooling. They have been an advertiser here on the Big X for many years. And Frank was an avid supporter of the New Albany Bulldogs and the Indiana Hoosiers, but more than that, just an outstanding community guy. He supported so many different causes around uh, local causes and sports and, and so much over the years uh, that he really should be commended on a great life and a life well lived. And so Frank H. Monroe, we send our thoughts to his grandson, Steve LaDuke, who's been a great friend of ours here at the Big X and all of our local coverage and the rest of the Monroe family, an outstanding man in Southern Indiana with an outstanding reputation and business, and he did so much for us and so many others. And so today we send our thoughts and prayers to the family of Frank H. Monroe. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with our final segment. Rick Bozich of WDRB Sports is with us. We'll talk about all the conference madness and some other topics as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. Back with you on this Thursday program. The Thornton's text line number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And our conversation today with the Bozich family continues. Rick Bozich of WDRB Sports is with us. And uh, Rick, and always enjoy my conversations with your son Alex on Thursdays. He's kind of a staple guest on this program and really I think has been now for seven or eight years the existence of this show and also appreciative of having you on time uh, from time to time. So thanks for being with us today. Oh, anytime. Well, it's my pleasure. People probably don't know we go back to Hazelwood uh, Junior <laughs> High School. So, Absolutely. A lot of fun over the years. I- I'll get to the conferences and realignment and super conferences and things that I wanted to uh, broach with you today, but I wanted to start with a piece you did um, recently on Sharon Wilkerson and Corey Norman. Kind of a very unique story. We've had both on this show since they've come back to the area to lead uh, Sharon the boys and Jeff the, or I should say Corey, the girls at Jeffersonville High School. But uh, very unique to see two former teammates and two guys that uh, have had their paths cross back and forth so often over the years. In fact, a year ago they were coaching together way up at Logansport High School for the Berries, and now they're back at home but coaching the boys and the girls respectively. A great story that you had. I know it can be seen at WDRB.com, but just wanted to get your take on that. Kind of a a different uh, high school headline you don't always see. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I had a tremendous amount of fun uh, doing that story and talking to those guys. It was great, uh, and I plan to go back this season and you know watch both of them uh, actually do their thing as coaches and actually get to talk to Clark Miles, too. That was uh, a lot of fun. He's your buddy, I know. And, <laughs> yes, uh, no, yes. Clark for a long time. And, uh, you know, as you know, I mean, I don't know if every listeners know, but I lived in New Albany for, I don't know, 20, let's see, is 27 years, and season ticket holder for the New Albany Bulldogs, and growing up in Indiana and having worked not only uh, in New Albany, but Anderson and uh, Bloomington, and growing up in the northwest part of the state, I have a tremendous affection for Indiana high school basketball. I know what it means to communities, and when I was at New Albany, had great respect for Jeff, and those Jeff New Albany games were always so good. And uh, I watched Sharon and Corey Norman and Brian Hanley and B.J. Flynn and Brad Bixler and Dana Overton in that group. Uh, they were just awesome and could have won the state title in 92. Then they did win it in 93, and then everybody went their separate ways. And then to see those guys come back within a month of each other to sort of, uh, you know, invest back in the community and noting what their perspective is now as adults compared to what it was in high school, I think it's a fabulous, I I can't, I I can't think of any other school that I've been around where you have a situation like that, where you got two former players from a state championship team that have come back to their hometown to try and, you know, do great things with the basketball program. So hopefully the people in Jeff are, you know, going to embrace it and, and it's a success. 
Rick Bozich, WDRB, my guest. Before we get to some college stuff, one other kind of follow-up on high school basketball in general. You did a great job mentioning your past covering high school basketball in our state, and it hasn't just been here in your many, many years in the Louisville market. Uh, you mentioned across the state, really, going all the way back to northwestern Indiana and the region. But what's your take, Rick, on high school hoops these days? I know that the fans uh, from time to time can vary a little bit. We were in this area blessed to have Romeo Langford and, and that group, which kind of, I think, took us back to the heyday of high school basketball when there were sellouts and season tickets and uh, just so many neat things that went on during that three, four-year period with Romeo and some of the others that made up the new Albany team. But transfers happen all the time. Um, some of the legendary coaches in, in Indiana, Jack Kiefer was the big one this past offseason from Lawrence North, that have gotten out uh, or will get out in future years, It would you would assume, based on age and so forth. But uh, what what's the future? of high school basketball and maybe even high school sports. Do you have a concern about its future? Yeah, I mean, you always have a concern. Uh, you know, when I was over at Jeff, I was talking to people and they had noted, you know, obviously the crowds aren't what they used to be. And I I'm sure at Silver Creek where they've been winning, uh, they've, they've probably been great crowds. I haven't been to New Albany since Romeo left, so I don't know how, how much the crowds have fallen off uh, since they've had a once-in-a-lifetime top, top player. But, you know, there's there's always going to be a place, I think, for the high school team, but the challenges are greater than they've ever been because when you have really good players, um, there's prep schools that are out there to try and take them away uh, so they don't stay with their high school, and credit to Romeo and his family for keeping him there the whole time. I just read a story in the New York Times yesterday about Xavier Booker, who's probably the best player in the state of Indiana this year, and uh, his father saying he wasn't going to let him go to a prep school. He's going to finish out at Cathedral, so it's good to see that. But that they're sort of really the exception, not the rule. And and the whole AAU basketball thing, in many ways, the, the growth of that uh, has come at the ex expense of high school basketball, where it seems that you know a lot of the players are more. Um, I don't know. They're more committed to their AU team than they are to their high school team because they, I think they feel like that's where they get exposure and they get these trips and they, you know, they they, they get gear and all the different stuff that they get. So it's got to be a challenge. I'm old enough to remember where the high school basketball coach was the biggest dog in town, and uh, he would in so many different communities, whether it was you know Jack Butcher and Lagodi, or I can name Bill Green at Marion, or Norm Held at Anderson, or Bill Harrell at Muncie, or um, John Mulladen at East Chicago, Washington, Doug Adams at Michigan City. I can keep Howard Sharp at Terre Haute. I can keep naming them for as long as you want. Uh, Kiefer was one that you mentioned. They were the guys, but I, I think we've gotten a little bit away from that. And, you know, it's, unfortunately society changes and, and things change. And, and I hope that um, high school basketball continues to prevail because I think it's it's great for communities. I mean, that's the difference between AAU ball. AAU ball is, is all about the players, where the, the high school team is really about the school and the community, and I think that's important. Absolutely. One other thing as well, and I know you wrote about this recently, DJ Wagner from Camden, of course, the Milt Wagner's grandson, uh, being recruited very heavily by Louisville, Kentucky. No Indiana interest there. I guess there are some other schools involved, but he recently played in Spain, and the coaches from Louisville and Kentucky – 
going over to watch and uh, view him there and show their interest in him. That's got to be one of the craziest uh, recruit recruitments that you've witnessed and covered in some years. No doubt about it. In fact, he's still in Spain. Uh, I'm getting ready to post a story in a little bit about you know how he's performed over there. And there's another kid on his team named Aaron Bradshaw, who's a seven footer, who Louisville and Kentucky are both uh, pursuing. Now, Bradshaw's not in Spain; he's playing for the AU team. But um, yeah, with DJ, his grandfather Mill went to Louisville, just got hired on Kenny Payne's staff. His father Dewan played for Calipari at Memphis. Uh, and Cal down there had Milt on his staff. He's gone to a bunch of John Calipari's camps. Um, you know, he's. He, I feel sorry for the kid in some ways because he's going to get tugged hard in both directions, and he's going to have to disappoint somebody. Um, I think it's still a pretty close race. Um, one thing that makes me think that Louisville uh, is the leader is that Kentucky has already taken commitments from two guards in the class, and one is Reed Shepard, Jeff Shepard's son, and they got another top ten guard from the West Coast named Robert Dillingham. So if they took D.J. Wagner, which I'm sure they would if he committed, it would be three top 25 guards in one recruiting class. That's that's tough to manage and keep everybody happy. So um, if anybody could do it, I'm sure John Calipari could because he's had loaded rosters in the past. But it seems like the opportunity to sort of be the center of attention and the, and the star of the show is, is, is more there at Louisville. Rick Bozich, WDRB Sports. A lot of the things we're talking about you can read uh, he and the sports team's coverage at WDRB.com. Rick, really the main reason I wanted to have you on today, and we'll do this as we close out, is to talk about what's going on right now with conferences and uh, the Big Ten adding some West Coast flavor. We expect it would only make sense that there is more to come, and it sure seems like we're headed to Super conferences, which is a word that I think we've all used for recent years, we felt it's heading that way. But I guess my first question to you, is it heading to two? Are there going to be two big conferences in college sports? Is that how you see this shaping up? Yeah, I think at some point. I don't think that's going to be this year or the next two or three years. But if you ask me where it could be in five to ten years, I would say it'll be two super conferences, whether it'll be – 16 teams, 20 teams, 24 teams, I'm not sure, but um, that seems to be the direction that we're that we're, we're close to either a ACC Pac-12 or a Big 12 Pac-12 merger, which is probably going to get us down to four, and I think it'll keep going from that because my sense has been that there's a, a group of schools in the ACC that are so um, football oriented that they would be salivating to get in the SEC, and I'm, I'm talking about you know Florida State and in Miami and Clemson for sure, and maybe even North Carolina. I don't know. But, and the problem is um, the reason I would say the two super conferences that the Big Ten and the SEC were so far ahead of the pack in developing their television networks and their relationships with TV networks that they're making so much more money than the other schools that uh, it's, it's an un, I wouldn't say unfair, but it's a definitely an advantage uh, financially for these schools. The ACC network was late to the table, and most people have criticized the deal that former Commissioner John Swafford made of not being uh, valuable enough to the teams. And when you hear these numbers now that 
when USC and UCLA joined the Big Ten and the Big Ten Network uh, is up for renewal with Fox that the schools are going to be getting, uh, people are projecting $100 million a year. I mean, if the ACC teams are only getting 20 or 30, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's definitely less than 50. Uh, that's that's a pretty big uh, uh, difference for ACC teams to try and make up. And SEC uh, is switching from the, their football package is switching from CBS to ESPN. Their TV contract is incredibly lucrative. So, you know, that's why people are saying the two super conferences. Rick Bozich, WDRB Sports. Rick, we are out of time, but very much appreciative okay. of your uh, chat today. Let's do this again soon if you've got some time. Absolutely, man. Enjoy it. All right. Rick Bozich, WDRB Sports, WDRB.com. And that's going to wrap up this Thursday program. Back with you Friday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>